0: dear heavenly father thank you so much for for just this group of men that are here today it's it's incredible what what you can do and when you bring people together who are are decided to do the things that that you want to lord help us to in everything we do glorify you and even in times when we have to to deal with conflict and deal with things that that we'd rather just not just not deal with lord help us to do that with with a mind that 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 we need to sacrifice our own wants and and our pride so that the greater good lord the good of, of people to be saved and of, of people to grow comes 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 to be lord lord thank you so much for the the people in my life who had the courage to tell me the things that i needed to hear lord and there are so many of them that have come and and love told me not wanting to destroy me lord but to see me having uh, See me having a better life, something that, that I, I believe I have today, Lord. Lord, please keep those men coming and don't, uh, don't, don't let them be afraid or, or think twice. But remember that that's, what, that's how we grow and that's how we can change, Lord. Thank you so much for your son who, who told us so many truths. But in all he did was humble and, and showed us the love that, that only you have, Lord. It's in his name we pray. Amen. So... Uh, I was wondering why this is a gender class, but I think it's because the women have more problems and they have to deal with their. <laughs> they have to deal with their things over there. Uh, we don't have as much drama as men, right? Um, but dealing, dealing with conflict, and I, I was wondering why I was the guy chosen for that. Uh, it seems like I always get these classes about emotions and about dealing with stuff that nobody wants to deal with. Let's give it to Ben, right? Because I wasn't there deciding who, what I was going to get or not. But, uh, but I think that, that God has, has really worked on me as far as dealing with, with conflict. As far as, as having situations that I did not want to deal with. And in my, in my history, what I did with conflict was that I buried it. Was that? Yeah, good, Was that I decided that I didn't want to deal with conflict, and for a long time I just buried it, and I would, and I would take crap from people, or I, I would, I would sever relationships because I didn't want to deal with, with stuff that was difficult. But when you do that, when you don't deal with the conflict, it piles up, and and you have to you have to do something with it. And I did things with it. I basically had to find things like porn and, and uh, video games and other things that, that would occupy my mind so I didn't have to deal with the conflict that was there. But the problem with conflict is if you're, if you're alive, it's going to happen and it's going to keep coming and it's never going to stop coming. The difference is what you do with that conflict is how you deal with it that can heal or it can destroy you and others. And the passage that they ask us to look at is in Acts 6, and I'm going to read it here to you. And this is, remember, this is thinking about restoring what uh, the first century had uh, to reclaim what they did. And at a certain point in Acts 6, they had some conflict going on. And starting in uh, verse 1, it says, "...in those days when the number of disciples was increasing the hellenistic Jews you know about those guys among them complained against the hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food this is a big issue right they're not taking care of the ones that, that can't do anything for themselves of the widows that you know so many times you know couldn't do uh, couldn't have food or couldn't get anything for themselves It says, So the twelve, the apostles, gathered all the disciples together, all the disciples, and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. This proposal pleased the whole group. So, this is the, the first time, I guess, we see them resolving a conflict that went in, you know, among them. And it wasn't just as something like, you know what, we don't want to deal with this stuff. We're going to give it to these other, these other guys over here. They actually chose people in there that were spiritual men. So it says, this proposal pleased the group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also, Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them." So they got men who were spiritual, men who were full of faith, men who they knew would take care of these things because of where their heart was. These were people that were chosen among them because of their influence. And I kept thinking, as I'm going to do this lesson, I'm like, where I, you know, do I, do I make this from, from scratch? But as a church, when we were in uh, Winsfield, I'm actually with the Interbell Church. Uh, when we were in Winsfield, we went through this book, book called "Peacemakers: The Peacemaker." And it was the author of it was Ken is Ken Sandy, and he talks about this process. And there are several other books that are good to look at this, but I really liked how he dealt. With conflict, and how he talks to us about dealing with that, and I got several things from that book and we 're going to talk about the four g 's of dealing with conflict the four g 's the first g and you might think these g 's are kind of strange when it comes to dealing with conflict, but the first one is to glorify god the first g glorify God, and I put separate there, I think this is sometimes we have to check our motives. Check why we are doing things. If we're in a conflict, if something is going on, what is behind it really? In James 4, 6 it says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. He opposes the proud and shows favor to the humble. If you are proud, God is going to be against you, God loves you, and and I understand that, but if we continue in our way of pride, he is not going to be able to help us. But he shows favor to the humble. He helps the humble. He sees what they do. He sees what their heart is, and he is able to work in them. In 1 Corinthians 10, 31 through 33, it says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, Do it all for the glory of God. Do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews, Greeks, or the church of God. Even as I try to please everyone in every way, for I am not seeking my own good, but the good of many, so that they may be saved. And this this is Paul. And he's telling them, look, in everything you do. And I think this is one of the very important ones that sometimes we overlook that we think when we deal with conflict I'm thinking of myself and how I am going to to get how am I going to come up on top on this thing and how this thing is going to work so that it works out for me but the truth is we need to look at what glorifies God what brings glory to him not to me and how I deal with these certain things he says in the end for I am not seeking my own good but the good of many, so that they may be saved. It's not about you. It's not about you getting restitution. It's about God being glorified. It's about other people being saved because you understand in your heart what it is. Um, Gandhi, and I know a lot of you know who Gandhi was. He was one who who preached nonviolence in India and India was dominated, was a colony of the British Empire, and he was one who, who decided to, to go back to India and help them to have independence. And he preached this nonviolence, which a lot of the people at the time didn't like, but it was the one thing that helped India to really, to really unify, so that they could be, um, so that they could be unified in the end and independent. But somebody asked him one time, he said, uh, they asked him about him, him not advocating fighting. About him not being a fighter, not wanting to fight, and this non-violence thing, and this peace thing that he talked about. And he told him, he said, I never advocated no fighting. He will fight for a good cause. But he asked a question, he says, do you, but do you fight to get even? Or do you fight to change things? Do you fight to get even or do you fight to change things? Depending on the answer to that question, it's going to determine how you're going to fight. What's really in your heart when you're dealing with conflict is going to determine how you're going to deal with this conflict. Are you there to restore somebody? Are you there to help them? Or are you there to get even and to destroy? In Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 it says, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Christ showed us the example. Do, do you think Christ had conflict in his life? It seems like I don't know of anybody that went through so, much, so many things as Christ did. There was so many conflicts. And it seems at times that he put himself there. And... I believe, I believe he did. But the reason he did was because he loved people. Because he was sacrificing for them. How many of you like confrontation and conflict? That you like it. You're like, man, give me somebody to fight. Give me some issues in my life so I can deal with it. Anthony over here, we knew that already, right? He needs to, he needs to repent. Uh, but we don't like conflict. But Christ, as a sacrifice, he put himself there and told people the truth and the things he needed because he loved them. Anybody going to doubt here that Christ had right motives? Anybody? I'm not going to raise my hand. Right? He had the right motives, and we should imitate him. In Romans 12, 7, 3, through 21, it says, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. And and then we're waiting, right? Is that how it is, right? I'm waiting, man. God's going to get him. Right? I hope he gives it. You know, he does something good. So... You know, it shows that I was right and this guy was wrong. But then it says, continuing the passage here, and this is one that's, that's been difficult for me. And it says, On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. The interesting thing is that... Uh, a lot of you know that when we were, uh, Carrie and I worked at Lindenwood, there was a lot of persecution that started happening that ended up that didn't work there anymore. And the, the person that was our boss at the time, uh, Dr. Aldani, he, he actually quoted this to us once. He told us to kill people with kindness. And in the end, it was so hard for me to pray for Dr. Aldani. Because he put himself in the, way, in the way of what we were doing and became, I guess, our enemy when he wasn't before. And I was at a, at a CMU lesson and somebody, they had this little room and, and then it says, pray for your enemies, right? Have you done that a lot? Pray for your enemies? I had to leave, I had to leave that classroom and go down the hall to where nobody could see me and I cried. I cried because I was mad that God would tell me to do that. Because of the motives that were in my heart. I understood at that moment that I needed to change. I needed to check my motives. That it was about Ben and not about glorifying God. So even in dealing with conflict, we need to ask ourselves this question. How can I please and honor the Lord? In this situation even as I go through these things that are so hard so the first G I need to glorify God check what's in there is it about you or is it about doing what God wants you to the second G it's get the log out of your own eye you've heard this before right get the log out of your own eye in Matthew 7 3 through 5 it says But when it comes to pointing out what, what we're doing, for truly looking inside and saying, what, is, what are the things that I need to change? Am I the one who needs to go deal with this conflict? Am I the one who has any right to go and talk to that person? Have you ever used these phrases when somebody confronted you? I'm sorry if I hurt you. Think about it. I'm sorry if I hurt you maybe i was wrong let's just forget the past right let's leave it alone it's in the past i know i shouldn't have yelled at you but you made me so mad these seem like really genuine right acts of of saying that you're really sorry doesn't it that's not looking at yourself and you're trying to get out of it so are you that person who tries to get out of it because you don't want to deal with it? because maybe there's some truth in there, but I want to get, come out good on the top. These are worthless statements, and they bring nothing. We need to learn how is it that we deal not only with conflict, but when we're asking for forgiveness? I, a lot of people think that I am a, a calm person, and I think most of the time I am. I'm pretty calm. But, as I told you, I used, to, I used to bury all the things that happened to me. I didn't, didn't want to deal with them. But there's a problem that comes with that. When you don't deal with stuff, and you bury them, they will come out in a certain way. And to tell you the truth, I saw myself in the past as a violent man. I remember one day, um, specifically, we took this, this group out, and I was one of the, the small group leaders. And I planned this event, and we are going, I'm from Brazil originally. And we were going hiking, uh, where they have these waterfalls, this really nice thing, and we had 15 guests with us came and it was really cool, we were all excited about it. But at that time I didn't deal with things that weren't here. And I was really tired, coming at the end, I, you know, I, I was leading the thing in the beginning, at the end I had a friend of mine go because I was just tired. And I was the last one, and the, some people got ahead and they, they got to this part where they crossed this little creek. And they started throwing people in the creek. So when I came up, and I was the last one, of course they're going to want to throw me in, right? And I had this stick with me. That, you know, you know as you're you know, walking along, right? You have a stick and you're walking along. And I remember thinking, these guys aren't going to throw me in the water. You know how you feel, right? When somebody tries to mess with you, you know, you're not going to mess with me. You mess with those guys, right? You're not messing with me. And it sounds funny, but it's not. Because what came next was one of the saddest acts in my life, where I hurt several of my friends because they were trying to throw me in a little bit of water. And I'm glad that I swung that, that, that piece of stick that I had in it and I lost it, because I think I would have hit some of my friends with that. And all the time that we're going, there are all these people that, that we invited and that I wanted to influence and that we wanted to help show God. And here they look at this crazed dude. That what happened? I cried bitterly after that. Because it's not what I wanted to show. It's not it's not what I wanted people to think of me or but when you don't deal with things. It stays in there. One of the the reasons I came to the States was to deal with with myself. Was to deal with with these problems. I knew I didn't want to get married until I dealt with my anger. Because I thought someday I'll, I'll hit my wife. And I will hate myself for it. But I learned some things. But even at that time there were certain things that I did to ask for forgiveness. And I'm I'm going to give you some of these tips, and it's the the seven A's of confession. Uh, The first one is address everyone involved, all those affected. I remember I went to each person that was on that trip the next day, the people that were at church, and I called the people that weren't there. And I asked for forgiveness. And I believe they did forgive me. They saw how... They saw how upset I was because, and they understood that I really wanted forgiveness. Avoid if, but, and maybe. Don't try to excuse yourself. Admit your faults. Admit specifically. Talk about attitudes and things that you did, that you know that are in there and that you want to change. Acknowledge your hurt. Acknowledge the hurt. Express your sorrow for hurting somebody. Another A is accept the consequences. One of the consequences might be making restitution and things. Accept the consequences that are going to come. Alter your behavior. So when, you're, when you repent, Mackie was talking about that earlier, when you repent, repentance is a change of heart, right? A turn, you turn and do the opposite, right? You're doing different than what you, than what you realize is wrong. Think of, a, of attitudes and actions that you need to change because you're really sorry, because you're really repentant of that. And the last A is ask for forgiveness. Ask for forgiveness. One thing that causes a lot of conflict, and the Bible talks about, is is idolatry. It's our own desires of the things that we want. It says in James 1 through 3, it says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God when you ask. You do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Like we talked in the beginning, check your motives, right? Because a lot of times it's the pride and the things that I want that causes the conflict. And before you think of dealing with somebody's conflict, not that you shouldn't, but take, take a look inside and make sure it isn't you that causes the conflict or you have even more that needs to be dealt with. Before you go there and talk to the person, the the third G is to gently restore. And I know as men, uh, we have a problem with that, right? With with gently restoring, we'll gently restore, right? We're we're men; we tell it like it is, right? But the fruits of the spirit talk about this kindness and gentleness and right all these things that are. Does it sound really manly? The truth is, we need to learn to be more gentle. We need to learn to love and show this gentleness when we're dealing with conflict. One of of the passages that come up mostly when people are thinking of dealing with conflict is Matthew 18, 15, right? Do you know what I'm talking about? It's about if your brother or sister sins against you, go and point out their faults. Right? And I think some people get up and do it, They're, I got it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go and point out their fault, because the Bible said it's right there. But they forget about some other things that come along with this. It says, go and point out their fault, just between the two of you. But right before this passage is the passage where, where Jesus is talking about a gentle shepherd. Right? One who who one of his flock, right, you know, sheep, they're dumb, they go and do right, they do stupid things, they start veering off and they go off and they keep going. And he says that one goes away, so he leaves the, the other ninety-nine here and he goes over there and gets that one. And when he gets there, he's like kicking it, right? You stupid sheep, get over here. Right? I told you not to go over there, like for the right, is that is that how he does it? It says no. It says he rejoices because he found him. He's excited because he found him. Because he was lost. That's how we should feel, right? When we have to deal with conflict, we're going to say something to somebody that we're there to restore them. Because it says, continuing in this passage, it says in in Matthew 18, 15, so just between the two of you, and it says, if he listens to you, Then you have won your brother. So it's not about going and telling them what's wrong with them, right? Have you ever felt like that when somebody somebody challenged you to go and tell your brother, and you go, "I'm just going because you told me." But the truth is, we're going so we can win them, right? So we can show them a right way, so that we can tell them, "Look, this is what's wrong," but soak it that in the end they are won. They're back with us. They understand, and the, the conflict is resolved, or it's, or he's growing towards that. We have to be careful when we go and talk to people. Uh, later in the same the same chapter, just to show you that, how he's talking about this, I think gently restoring and you know, but it talks. Of, Peter asked, you know, how many times should I forgive my brother? Right? How many times should I forgive my brother? Seven times, right? Do you, ever, do you ever count it? Right? You start counting? Okay. I'm, it's getting close. Right? I can't forgive him anymore. And then we're done. But he says, right? He makes it, multiplies it and tells him, No, it's, and it's not about, Okay, man, there's a lot, but I'll start counting, right? And then he tells a story about a king who had somebody who, who owed him so many bags of gold. This guy owed him a lot. And what does, and what does, does he do? He, he pleads with him. You know, God, please, I, I can't pay you. But, and, and the king lets him, lets him go, forgives him of, his, of what he did. So the guy goes out and he rejoices so much. He's so happy that he was forgiven of this huge debt. He sees his friend, the other guy, who owes him so much and he forgives the debt. That's what we would think, right? That's what should have happened. That this guy understands that he was forgiven for this, all this. So I'm going to forgive my brother. That doesn't owe me very much. But the truth of the story is, this guy grabbed this guy that owed him a little money and put him in, put him in, in jail until he paid for it. How many times do we do this? We've been forgiven of so much. My God. But when it comes to dealing with somebody else's conflict and forgiving them for doing something to us, or being merciful, we want to tell them how bad we feel. And we want to make them feel bad. We need to gently restore. In Galatians 6, 1, it reiterates the this, this spirits that we must have when we confront people. It says, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in, the, in a sin, You who live by the Spirit should restore the person gently. Watch that it says, you who live by the Spirit. Right? Make sure you live by the Spirit. But watch yourselves, or you may also be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. That looks like a blanket thing, alright? It's like, you will fulfill the law of Christ, and if you do this... Because the law of Christ is about love. It's about taking care of each other. Notice he says, brothers and sisters. Do you take care of your brothers and sisters? If somebody messes with your sister, let's put it like that. Right? somebody messes with your sister, what are you going to do? Man, they better watch out. I'm going to mess that guy up. Right? Believe me, I had three sisters. God blessed me with three sisters. I never liked any of their boyfriends or... And one dude messed with my sister one day. And I went to his place of work. I wasn't a Christian at the time. okay, but, So I don't know what I would have done back then, but I went there. But so many times we forget that you are brothers and sisters. That that's what God calls you. We are God's children we're supposed to love these people that are around us but instead we have quarrels, we have these conflicts that aren't about helping each other grow it's Satan getting in there and dividing you so that you don't do what what God wants you to do because when we do the study of the disciple, there's a trait of the disciples, right? and one trait is they will see that you are my disciples by how you love each other, by the love you show each other. Do they really see that? Or do they see these little cliquish groups that, oh, I'm going to go with that guy because he's cool, or you know because this guy understands me, or I'm not cool, so I'm going to go with these guys. And I hate those guys over there because they're cool. And, or are you unified in one purpose? And you don't have these dumb quarrels among you. A couple of, of wise things in Proverbs, about going and talking to somebody, about uh, gently restoring. It says, in Proverbs twelve eighteen. it says, Thoughtless words can wound as deeply as any sword, but wisely spoken words can heal. What is, what is your objective? Are you that person that says, well, I, I'm just truthful? You know those people, you know, they pride themselves in being truthful. I just tell people like it is. And you're probably the worst person to tell that person like it is. Because in the end, it's like a sword and it doesn't bring healing. Another word in Proverbs, it says, Proverbs 16, 23. Intelligent people think before they speak. Right? Do you think you're intelligent, everybody? No? They got a problem, right? It's like, but I, you use your minds, right? You try to use it in a good way. Intelligent people think before they speak. And I know this is a different translation here. You're like, I never saw it like that, right? But it's the truth. Think before you speak. In, the, in Proverbs 19, 11, it says, A person's wisdom yields patience. A person's wisdom yields patience it is to it is to one's glory to overlook an offense do you overlook offenses are you patient with people waiting so that they grow i remember one a a guy in my uh a guy in a, a small group that i had it was actually a couple three guys they were mad at me because i didn't deal with this other guy that was really bad Okay, they wanted to point out how bad this guy, this guy was. My problem was these guys that were telling me this, I felt that they were worse than this guy. But there were so many things, and each one had another problem that they came, and I knew about the problems. And, and they're like, Ben, you just got to deal with this, because we're, we're tired of this. Well, the first problem is he didn't go and tell the person, right? He's coming and talking to me. It wasn't about wisdom, it was about dealing with him. So he wasn't worried about this guy being restored he was he was mad because this guy was doing certain things and that he didn't like and I told him I said I can take all these things and go and tell this guy about it but in the end will I help him to be restored or in the end I'm just gonna tell all these things and it's gonna destroy him I said my purpose is not to destroy him and believe me I am dealing with certain things with him but I'm not going to deal with everything at the same time, because if, if somebody came and dealt with all your things at the same time, you're not, going to, you're not going to like it. And it's not going to help you to heal. But I told him, I'm dealing with this thing now. This is the important one. This is going to help some of the other things. But later, when, he's, when he can grow in this, I'm able to deal with him. Things to remember before you confront someone. A couple of tips, and this is from, from Sandy's book. First thing, and you probably would, might do this, it says, pray for humility and wisdom. Pray for it before you go and talk to somebody. Another thing, plan your words carefully. You know a good thing to do? Write it down. Write it down to see what you know, is this... And then read it again to yourself. Or ask somebody to read it. Plan your words carefully. Maybe anticipate likely reactions and and plan appropriate responses. I mean, it's just it's things that we think about, right? What might he say? You know, do do I have the information or is this just something that that is not valid? It says, choose the right time and place. One important thing is talk in person. Right? In a place that you can sit down, it's not very noisy, you can talk to the person. I put in bold here, don't text. Do you ever do that? Do you ever text to deal with somebody about something important? Don't. You know, technology is good and all, right? But this is not the moment, right? If you're going to deal with a conflict, if you're going to say something that maybe the person's going to understand like this or like this, don't do it by a text. Sit down with them and do it. Assume, assume the best, the best about the other person until you have facts to prove otherwise. Don't, don't in your heart condemn the person already. Assume that, you know, you're going to hear some reasons. I've been to conversations where it turned around on me, and I was the, pro- I was the problem. Have you ever had those problems? Right? It was hard to deal with, but in the end, I, he was right. Listen carefully. Don't think about, don't think about what you're going to say while they're saying something. Right? Don't think about what, I'm going to have a better argument for this guy. Speak only to build others up. Not to destroy. You're there to build him up. Maybe ask for feedback from the other person. See what they're thinking. How do you feel about this? Right? Do, you think, do you think this is wrong? And another thing. Recognize your limits. Sometimes we want so bad to change somebody. But the truth is that the only one that can do that is God, right? That God is going to be able to help and it's hard to change him. And it's his decision to do it. Not God's, it's the person's decision to change or not. Sometimes we're so, so bent on doing this and it's, it's my fault they're not doing it. There might be some faults there. But in the end, they need to assume the responsibility for what they did. When you deal with people who have addictions, and you're looking at one of them, because I've dealt with several addictions in my life, they need to want to make the change. You can't want it for them but you can go and talk to them in love and be there for them so that they can help them to gently be gently restored and the last the last G and the G's here so first uh, first one we talking about, talked about was glorify God second to get the log out of your own eye then you gently restore them and last go and be reconciled as Christians, we we have re- experienced the greatest forgiveness in the world. We understand, or I hope we understand, that the greatest forgiveness that ever happened. That you know, Mackie was talking about, or somebody—no, somebody else in there was Gordon was talking about Aslan from uh, Narnia. Remember that? Remember that story? Did you watch that? Right. And they have Edmund, the guy that's betrayed the other brothers, come, comes in, right? And he wants to be with them. And the king, the queen, the ice queen, whatever her name was, she comes up and she says, that guy's mine. Remember this? He's mine. He, he sinned against these guys. She doesn't say it like that, but the understanding is he's a sinner. And what does Aslan do? He says, I will go in his place. And everybody doesn't, nobody can understand that. Right? Wait a minute, that's, that's not a good trade. Do you agree? Even you in the story thought that, right? No, that's not a good trade. Edmund, you know what? You messed up. You're not going to come. Right? Aslan's going to stay with us here. We forget that there was a price paid for us that was so, that was, that was such a sacrifice that Christ made. And sometimes we have statements like this. I forgive him. I just don't want to have anything to do with him again. Have you ever, and maybe you didn't say it, but you felt it. You know what, okay, I forgive. But that's, that's it for us. Just think if God said this to you, I forgive you, I just don't want to have anything to do with you again. How would you feel? Would you feel forgiven? Would you feel loved? But no. God saw his son be sacrificed because he wanted this reconciliation. He wanted this connection. He wanted wanted to be able to have this relationship again. If you're going to deal with the conflict, you go because you want to be reconciled to the person also. Not because you want to destroy them or that it's, you know, that it's said and stated that they were wrong. When you forgive somebody, there are these four promises of, of forgiveness. One is, I won't dwell on this incident. And I'm not saying that you're not going to help the person to deal with the things that he needs to deal with. But don't, don't dwell on it. And bring it up every minute, you know if you're married how it is, right? Sometimes they remind you, right? They have very good memory about, it. not the things, the good things, but. The second thing, I will not bring up this incident again and use it against you. Third, I will not talk to others about this incident. Keep talking about, yeah, I told them I was right. I will not let this incident stand between us or hinder hinder our personal relationship. God wants us to deal with conflict. He wants us to be peacemakers. In the Sermon on the Mount, he says, um, in Matthew 5, 9, he says, blessed are these, right? He talks about all those. He says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. If you make peace with your brothers and sisters, then you're part of this family that God put us in, that he was happy for us to be part of, that we forgive and we deal with things. And sometimes I understand you need to be bold and tell people certain things because you need to cut through their pride. That's good. But remember that you're there to build them up. And even when you do that, you tell them about the promises that God has for them about what they can do if they, if they change, about their potential, about the gifts that God gave them to help them, to restore them. Because you're not there to for me to be up here and you're down there. And Let's never forget that I won this one, right? We're brothers and sisters and God forgave us and He wants us to be part of this family. I hope... I hope that you go back, and I know at any time in life we have these conflicts that go on, just like they had here in the church in the first century. Go back to where you're from and deal with these things. The times that I went in with a good heart, with the right motives, and talked to somebody, I gained some of my best friends. I remember talking to this guy back in Brazil, his name was Beto. And Batu he was younger than me, but he was a, he was a very showy guy. You know, he was, good at, he was good at soccer. I wasn't good at soccer. He was good at, the, at these other things, right? We even competed, you know, when you're in, the, in, in Sunday school and you're who finds the passage quicker, right? You know, they do those things. We competed in that, man. And, and, and this was in my, later in my 20s that I, one day I went and talked to him because we were just at each, at each other all the time. And we both were Christians. And... And I went, I said, man, I just need to talk to you because I feel that there's this, I compete against you and I feel that this, this, this isn't right and, and I want to apologize for that. And he said, man, I feel the same way about you. That You're always good at these things and you do this and that. And, and I remember that after that, we were the best friends. That we were together and we did things together and we shared in ministry and did the things that, that God wanted us to and we defeated Satan, right? Because Satan wanted us apart. But together we could do so much more. And you know what I'm happy about? I'm happy that there are people that will tell me the things I need to hear. And I'll name some of them. Carrie. Carrie is somebody that's that's had to tell me some, some pretty straight straightforward things. Another person is TC. Who's come to me and told me. No, this is wrong that you're doing. And another one's Katie Graham. Right? Katie Patterson at the time. I remember she was a she came and she was afraid of telling me, right? But we're friends today because of that. Because of confrontation, but confrontation that was done right. Be excited about the people that'll come and tell you the things that you need to hear. The ones that come in love. Because those are the people that you need at your side. Those are the people you want fighting with you. Because they care about you. There's a couple of books I wanted to recommend. I mean, one is obviously that... Uh, there are good things and bad things about every book, I guess. But uh, Peacemakers by Ken Sandy. There's a book called That We May Share His Holiness. And it's dealing with conflict in the church. Uh, that's by Tommy South. And another book that I, that I wasn't expecting to learn a lot about that, but it's How to Make Small Groups Work uh, by Cloud and Townsend. But it talks a lot about dealing with issues and, and dealing with people in a group and the conflicts that go on. And I hope, I hope that you've learned some today, but I hope that it's also not that you, you wrote these things down and that you're going to forget about them. Because I think that's exactly what Satan wants you to do. But God wants you to, to go and deal with the things that you need to deal with. Don't keep it inside because it's going to destroy you. But deal with them and grow and make friends. Friends that are real truly tell you what you need to do. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for for just the opportunity of being here with this, this group of people, Lord. It's I haven't been in, in campus for a couple of years now, but I I just remember the that there was a lot of drama going on and, and crazy things happen sometimes. But I also remember just, just being so close and, and sharing our lives with, with each other, Lord. Thank you for, for people who, even so young, decide to, decide to follow you, Lord. Help them to, to be bold in what they need to say, but that they say it with the right motives and that they say it with, with the love that, that your Son has shown, Lord. Lord, thank you so much for, for the forgiveness that you give us. We should never forget that, especially when we're dealing with others, that, that you've forgiven so much, and we have no, no right not to forgive, Lord. Thank you for your sin, and it's in his name we pray. Amen.